AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Okay, okay. Calm down, everyone. One might call today's market action uninspiring heading into the weekend before Christmas. But if the axiom is correct, one day does not a market make, right? Well, today we'll talk holiday trade, South America, and later, spoiler alert, update on fertilizer prices. Live from the Pecan Sandy Grand Finale via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Steve Georgie from Allendale. I'm a handsome host, Davis Michelson, in just one more time for the vacationing Chip Flory. I'm so glad you've tuned in today. I am expecting a great conversation with Steve Georgie. We picked him specifically for this moment in time because I think, you know, if we're heading into so, if we are in the midst of the holiday doldrums of trade, low volume, ah, Steve Georgie, we'll, we'll talk to him. I'm sure he'll have something to brighten our day, to enlighten our minds. I'm looking forward to it. Steve Georgie from Allendale. And beloved listener, if you've made it through this entire week of shows with me and a, a few of my friends, then God bless you. If I had a market rally survival knife, I'd send it to you, each and every one of you. Shout out to the AgriTalk OGs with the market rally survival knife. Um, Yeah, so the market's... Generally kind of meh today, I guess mostly lower, I guess would be the call, but I've got the weekly closes and I feel a whole lot better about the weekly closes than I do about the daily closes. And I hope you will too. You know, it's not a big deal, whatever. Um, but just some encouraging news from the weeklies. Um, when, when we get Steve in here, a number of things I want to talk about. As I said, we're, I want to talk holiday trade. What can we expect? If it's going to get weird, when what's going to be the catalyst to get us out of the holiday doldrums, the festive holiday weirdness? Uh, I want to talk about South American weather. We've got to talk about that. And, and I think that's going to become a topic of conversation moving forward on the show. Just in general, it's kind of that time of year. Um, energy markets. Let's let's talk some energy markets and just the level of influence they have on the grains. I'd I'd love to hit some inflation. Uh, meal oil spread has been crazy. What to do with next year's crop? See, you see, there's plenty to talk about today. And in the fourth and final segment, I have in my notes here um, a very special Christmas message from one of the staff here. And then also, I'm going to run down USDA's latest fertilizer price prints. Uh, you may like that as well although it's not all exactly just you know a big bucket full of roses that i'm going to dump on you but you should know you should know what's going on in those markets and and i'm happy to deliver that info to you that'll be coming up in the fourth and final segment so let's get to today's news where threateningly cold temperatures are likely in a majority of the united states hrw wheat region Late in the upcoming week, due to a significant surge of Arctic air, we heard the dudes from BAM WX talking about that earlier this week. Snow cover will be needed in most areas to protect wheat from winter kills, says World Weather Inc. However, 
Some snow is expected before the coldest temperatures arrive. SRW futures were modestly lower but scored the market's first weekly gain in the past six weeks amid firmer technicals and beliefs prices have established a near-term bottom. Weak exports continue to limit buying in the wheat market. March hard red winter wheat futures were 16 and one quarter cents, uh, 16 and a half cents lower at 844. March soft red wheat down. I'm getting my quote screen all screwed up here, gang. Sorry about that. Uh, March soft red wheat down three and three quarters, 753 and a half. March spring wheat down nine and one quarter cents, 909 and one half. So the hard red down 16 and a half, soft red off three and three quarters. And the spring wheat down almost a dime on the day. But look at this. On the week, March hard red winter wheat futures up 11 cents. March soft red up 19 and one quarter cents on the week. Not too shabby. Corn futures were under light pressure in narrow range activity as traders monitor South American weather and outside markets. Much of Brazil, quote, will receive enough rain to maintain favorable conditions for crop development through the next two weeks, according to World Weather Inc. Corn planting in southern Brazil should advance well, but conditions for germination and establishment could be poor until rain increases. March corn pushed above the previous two-session highs overnight before stalling at 6.55 and three quarters, which matched 20-day moving average resistance. March corn futures... One half cent lower, 653. May corn dipped one quarter of a cent, 653 and one half. July corn futures closed at 648 and one quarter, down three quarters of a cent. Now, maybe, <laughs> maybe my understanding of, of what bull spreading is, is off here a little bit, but technically aren't, isn't the May at a bull spread to the March here by a half cent? I don't know if that tells us anything. I'll, I'll throw that at, at Steve and, uh, laughter should, likely ensue i'm sure uh, on the week march corn futures up nine cents 653 on the close today a sharp jump in soy meal futures spurred soybeans higher in today's trade according to world weather rain in argentina during the next two weeks quote should not be great enough to prevent continued increases in crop stress now this as the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange reports soybean planting in Argentina's core production area is around 20% behind last year's pace. Indonesia's energy ministry will raise mandatory biodiesel blending to 35% starting January 1 to reduce fuel imports amid high global energy prices and to shift to cleaner energy. January soybeans dropped below the 10-day moving average of 1470 and one half overnight before rebounding january soybean futures six and one half cents higher at 1480 march beans firmed seven cents 1483 and three quarters july soybeans closed at 1489 and one half that's up six cents on the day um as far as the rest of the soy complex goes the soy meal um solidly higher with the soybean oil off just a little bit perhaps following crude oil currently january 23 wti crude oil futures off a buck 91 at 74 and 20 turning our attention back to soybeans on the week january beans gained a nickel and three quarters of a cent up five and three quarters on the week march cotton was 89 points higher today at 81.92 on the week adding 102 points 81.92 on the march cotton on the livestock side, choice beef cutout values rose $4.23 Thursday to $254.30.
on movement of 108 loads. Southern Plains cash prices were steady with week ago. Northern trade was up about a dollar. Packers were bidding more aggressively than, than anticipated. And some feedlots held out for even stronger prices. February fat cattle were 92 and a half cents higher with 155, 77 and one half. And April live cattle added 77 and one half to close at 159.70. January feeders 72 and one half cents higher at 183.77 and one half. We've been looking for that cash cattle action to pick up all week, and we finally finally got some reports. Pretty much, pretty much steady. Uh, on the week, February fat cattle up 22.5 cents. January feeders down 15 cents, 183.77 and one half. And finally, lean hog futures were sharply higher today following yesterday's drop to two month lows and signs of a seasonal bottom in the cash market. February lean hogs rallied shortly after today's open after falling Thursday to 81.52 and a half, the lowest intraday price since October 14. February hogs 412 and a half higher, 85.77 and a half, and April hogs $3.55 higher, 92.72 and a half, up $1.77 and one half cents on the week. We're coming right back with more AgriTalk for you, good people, with Steve Georgie from Allendale. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. It looks sound like we got a little, uh, little, uh, little interference on the signal there. I'm sure Joe can get that worked out. Your pal Davis Michelson here behind the big green leafy microphone. It's a stir-crazy Friday for you all. Thank you so much for tuning in on your favorite ag radio station or your preferred digital device. My guest this afternoon, Steve Georgie from Allendale. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, Bro, it feels like a Friday over here. How about in your neck of the woods? You know, thank goodness, right? As we get into the (laughs) holiday season, it's like we've started it already, Davis. Here we go, man. Has it been a long week for you? It feels like it's it's been it's been a, an enjoyable week for me, but it's been a long one, dude. I I feel this, I feel like we put two weeks into one, right? Because you you get this you get this thing and and you hope the markets are going to do something and you see you see the wheat market and then you're like oh, your emotions are just racing, and and then at the end of the day we don't do anything. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh yes, it's been long, man, and, and next week might be the same. Ugh. Well, and it. And it almost felt like 
something of a downside tease because really yeah. on the week, the yeah. you know the the. The corn, bean, and wheats really didn't do all that badly. It was, <laughs> That's it was what I'm actually what I would call respectable. I thought the same, you know, and, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because you, you get a lot of talk this time of year. What do we, what do we do going into Christmas or the Santa Claus rally or the whatever kind of, you know, excitement they want to put on a market. And we're just not, <laughs> it's just sitting here. So uh, what do we do going into next week? Right. And, and what do we do coming yeah. out into that, that shortened week afterwards, Volume is going to be very, very light. So it's uh, it seems like because we haven't done anything, Davis, people have already gone home. <laughs> you know, close the well, books, be done. Here we right. go. And it almost seems like maybe everybody went home because sometimes yeah. in a low volume environment, just the slightest little maneuver here or there can can really put a stink into the markets one way or the other. And I don't feel like we've seen any of that. Well, maybe in the maybe in the oil meal complex yes. a little bit. And maybe that's where it's manifesting itself. You, you know what? It could be, but we look at, I mean, just let's take corn for instance, right? You look at what mm -hmm. happened Wednesday. The volume that we had Wednesday was the lightest volume that we have seen since the beginning of the year, since January 1st. Wow. That was the lightest trading day we've ever seen. So, or that we've seen for this year. So it's, it's, it's probably going to get worse next week. <laughs> well, and I, I did promise our listeners for better or worse, that maybe you could give us some insights. Yeah. Um, will it just be a case of, okay, woohoo, happy new year. Now we all go back to work and volume improves or does there need to be some sort of market catalyst to sort of refire the interest from the trade community? You know, I, I that's a great question because as I sit here and say, Hey, it's going to be slow now, all year, basically since March, there's been nothing slow, really. You know, we've got a lot of volatility. And I think when we talk about volatility and we look at what could happen moving forward, you got a couple things, right? What is that catalyst, right? That people are watching. And right now it will be South America's weather. And as we go through this month and finish out the month of December, get into January and get into February, January and February in South America is like our July, August. And so when we've got tight ending stocks, right? 220 million carry out for soybeans. You got to between 1.2, 1.3 billion carry out for corn. These are tighter. That's why prices are where they're at. And so we know how fast things move, right? When, when you get a headline, that's all we need is a headline. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. talk about that catalyst, throw yeah. a headline out there that, that South America is getting drier or there's concern in Argentina or whatever else it has to be. And boom, it sparks it. So it's too early really to, to play that game, the weather game right now. But as we go into the next few weeks, it's going to be easier to move that needle and move it faster when there becomes a story. And I think when you talk about a catalyst, I think that catalyst is going to have to be weather, uh, certainly one of them. And then we have to watch these outside markets as well, right? What's going on with the stock market? What's going on in some of these other markets? How about energies? Crude oil sitting just above 70 bucks. What's going on here, right? These types of things, when they spark concern, it does have some influence into our markets. And so as we go into light volume, Davis, we do have to watch for that. Those are some catalysts that can move the needle very fast. It almost feels eerie. You you mentioned crude oil, and it it just, it just puts a chill up my spine to, to hear <laughs> crude oil even come up because it does seem like there is some some significant risk to the upside there that that yeah. could just catch us completely by surprise but but maybe i don't know is this just seasonally what happens is this 
or are we just you sort know, of on schedule? We are, you know, and that's a good, that's a good point because as we go and, and we're, we, we've, we're not in driving season, right? We've got a slowdown in demand as the weather gets cold and you see snow and whatever else people stop moving as much harvest is done. We're not using as much energy, however else it has to be. But it, what it's going to be is that that shift as we go into a new year, though, now that we've seen this pull back off of these, you know, the, over $100 highs and we're sitting near $70, guys are going to start placing bets again. Some of the mm. concerns that we had yep. using strategic oil reserves, uh, how about what's going on with, with Russia and, uh, and, and their oil, um, Europe, right? Uh, and, and so on and so forth. As we kick back in March and into April, we kick back into driving season again. Will we see that shift again and we see that focus? Right now, everything seems to be fine. But it also is something that our government is trying to control on a sense of, of getting a handle on inflation. And so this is a, this is something that they can. You, you look at food inflation, go to the grocery store, right? Man, yeah. geez, yeah. You're, you're paying out the nose for things. Yep. And so here you, you can't really control that, but something that can be more controllable is what we do with energy. And I think that that's what's keeping this, the CPI number, uh, inflationary numbers kind of on a downtick right now. But what do we do going into next year that we need to be careful with? Is this sustainable, Davis? I'm not sure. Right, right. You know, but it is seasonally, I think to your point, seasonally, we are in this decline. We typically do that because usage declines, but what happens next? And so we're very good at playing into as we trade futures, what is what are we looking at ahead? And I think as we get into next year, some of those concerns that we've had are going to come back again. And I think we need to be mm-hmm. careful of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, I know that there is some concern out there for cuts to export forecasts that mm-hmm. then you just get supplies dumped right back into ending stocks. And, you yeah. know, maybe that's something that catches the market's attention at some point. You know, and as we get closer to the January report, right, talking about grains, yeah. corn specifically, you yeah. look at bean exports, bean exports are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say they're on pace. You're not going to get USDA to move that needle too much. But as far as corn, we are behind. And we're behind enough that it could move that needle 100 million bushel either direction mm-hmm. uh, and really tack that back onto the balance sheet. So if we're talking a 1.2 to 1.3 billion carryout, are we really talking a 1.3, 1.4? You know, if that's the case, you got to make the argument. Well, I know we're kind of chopping around this six and a half dollar area. If we start putting back onto that balance sheet, you know, is is that is that closer to six bucks? You know, people are comfortable Mm. right now. These prices are are. are comfortable, even new crop, right? It's profitable yet. We got to be careful. What happens if that needle starts going the other direction? So that is something, and you're right, you know, as we go into next year, USDA is coming out with a whole pile of data uh, on this next report that really could make a significant difference on the balance sheet. Yeah, And really, doesn't that all come kind of back to where we started, which is South American weather? If, yes. if there's too much export competition out of South America, well, now we've got the catalyst for the catalyst to uh, catalyze the whole complex right right you did there yeah you see what i did you know (laughs) but you you look at what's happening there and and when we talk exports we got a couple things and we've got to watch we have to have a better handle on the dollar i think now that we've seen a a a fed that is slowing down uh the 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 movement of the fed rate 
um, even though it's up a half a percent or, or you know a couple basis points, it is is the dollar topped. I was asked this yesterday. One of my customers mm. got on the, you know, we, we sat down, had a meeting, and and, and what do you question. think of the dollar? Yeah. And I'm if and so when we talk about shipments, right, and we talk about export sales, we do have to be extremely mindful of what's happening with that dollar. Because if the dollar has topped and we do see some concern with that dollar going lower, does that make our goods and services more favorable? And it could. And so that could change too. I do feel that the dollar probably has topped in here just because we don't have all that bullish news that we we've been talking about. And so to see that dollar kind of chop around here, if that does start working lower, that might be more favorable for export sales, not only for corn, but for soybeans. And let's hope we start seeing some here out of wheat as well. I'm talking with uh, Steve Georgie. Steve, when we're talking now, the Argentine weather, we've just got a couple yeah. of seconds here. But when we're talking South American weather, when we're talking about Thanks. Argentina dryness and heat, we're, we're talking mostly about risk to the soy meal, right? That's for Argentina, yes. Now, their corn crop as well needs to be watched. If Argentina gets dry, it's meal and corn that typically move the most. Yes. Very good. Steve Georgie from Allendale is my guest. We'll have more and uh, figure out what we need to do about all of this if there is anything to be done on AgriTalk after these words. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. The Senate passed a stopgap measure to fund federal agencies through December 23rd, averting a government shutdown. The House earlier this week passed the continuing resolution the next step, work out the details and votes next week for an omnibus spending measure. The Senate passed an $858 billion defense spending bill on Thursday that would end the Defense Department's mandate for troops to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Indonesia will raise mandatory biodiesel blending to 35% beginning January 1st. A settlement reached by Brazil's Supreme Court could lead to higher gasoline prices and improved market conditions for ethanol. Recent rainfall has not been enough for rapid advancement of Argentine soy planting, and Eurozone business activity shrank at the slowest pace in four months in December. News of note is taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. 
And in case you missed it, that's 855-48-255-2, followed by the number 4. That's 855-4825-52 and 4, Agritalk. Your pal Davis Michelson here. Steve Georgie is my guest today. Man, it feels like a Friday. We're glad you're here with us on Agritalk. Chip will be back first thing bright and early Monday morning. In the meantime, let's look in on how the markets closed today, March HRW wheat futures 16 and one half cents lower at 844. March soft red wheat slipped three and three quarters to 753 and one half. March corn futures today one half cent lower 653. July corn futures closed at 648 and one quarter down three quarters of a cent. January soybean futures six and one half cents higher at 1480. July soybeans closed at 1489 and one half up six cents on the day. March cotton, 89 points higher, 81.92. February cattle were 92 and one half cents higher, but 155, 77 and one half. January feeders were 72 and a half cents higher, but 183, 77 and one half. And February lean hogs were 4, 12 and one half higher at 85, 77 and one half. Now this. What would you like for Christmas, little fella? I would like for all the children of the world to hold hands together and listen to Agritalk. Agritalk. Agritalk, indeed, everybody. Steve George from Allendale is my guest today. Uh, Steve, can I ask you a question that might be kind of dumb? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. You wouldn't expect anything less, right? Um, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at a story from this morning. Global coal consumption expected to reach a record high in 2022, exceeding 8 billion tons for the first time, 1.2% above 2021. Uh, India, their demand is up 7%. The EU up 6%. China up just 0.4%. But I would suspect the China figure is going to increase yeah. exponentially in the in the coming years my question is um what impact does that have on the greater energy space on crude on natural gas etc cetera, etc cetera? any any correlation there yeah you know yes and i i think as you you know as you bring that up things that we do have to understand right you you bring up some india right india mm-hmm. and china what happens if right we've had a lot of chatter now that that Chinese are kind of pushing back on their COVID policies, and we're starting to see some change uh, from their government on their COVID policies. We saw what happened in our country when we when we kind of released our COVID policies, and we saw this this big boom and flare up of of just let's get out and move, right? Right. Is China going to become that? We talk these countries. Yes, it's up minus, minuscule right now. What happens if? Right. What happens if that happens? And we start seeing as people start moving again. You're talking. I mean these these guys. This is some of the largest consumption in the in the globe, um, and that we need to be aware of that. Yes, coal consumption higher, right? The demand for energy is higher, and yet we continue. As I talked earlier, right? You, you, we've got crude oil pulling down near seventy dollars a barrel. We're talking to Venezuela again, and and how do we take in theirs? Yeah, how do we? We know that this boom is going to happen. I feel. Right. Like I, I feel like this boom is going to happen. We're just kind of waiting to to, to set that spark. Right. <laughs> How, who, what's going to be that that final nail or that that final spark that just and here we go. Energies again. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there's the writing is on the wall uh, and we're trying to hold this back. We're trying to curb the prices and and, and take care of that from more of an inflationary standpoint. 
I'm not sure Davis, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I feel it. And I think everybody kind of feels that it's that I'm going to just use ticking time bomb, right? Because yeah. it, I feel like that, that energy behind the energies mm-hmm. is, is what nice, you know, that it is still there. So yeah. the fuel behind the energies, perhaps. Yes. Yeah, well, I, yeah, and, I was going that too. <laughs> and, and maybe we're explosive language from Steve Georgie today. Truly, right. Ticking time bombs. <laughs> this is awesome stuff here. It is, is dynamite. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I, is is there any way, and we'll get off this, but you led me to another question here. Is there any way, and I just don't know, if does does coal in some ways replace petroleum? Ooh, that's a good is, one. Is that um, maybe keeping a wet blanket on the crude oil market at present? You know, it, it could be. I, I I don't really know. You know, when yeah. we talk energies, it's so much bigger than what you and I are going to sit and talk about, right? I know. And then I, I sit and scratch. As soon as you think you got to figure it out, you find out you don't. And so okay, uh, when you talk about energies, right, and you, you see when they move and how they're moving and a lot of times it just doesn't make sense. And so I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know on that one, but it seems like there is something that is, that's, you know, kind of fueling under the surface yeah. uh, that, yeah. that, that could, you know, could kind of show its head here you know, as we get into the early part of next year. You know, just completely selfishly, I'm really glad and relieved to hear you say that because it doesn't make any sense to me either, dude. It just I doesn't. Do. I'm serious. I have no idea. Every time you think you got it figured out, you just don't. You could chalk yeah. it up as a loss. Right, so, right. Um, um, let's let's talk to the farmers. Let's look into yeah. 2023, um, making a lot of decisions right now. There's going to be some big numbers thrown around. Some of those numbers are going to be in the form of an interest rate um, for these growers, I'm going to go over fertilizers in the next segment. I've got some updated prices from USDA. They're, you know, they're down slightly, but mm-hmm. not really. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you want to start on corn or sure. beans, or you want to speak generally, whatever you want to do here. We'll kind just, of just yeah, we'll talk us through we'll kind of 23 a little both bit. Of it there, you know, yeah. here's the thing, right? As you talk about, and as you're going to get into fertilizers, it's it's across the board as far mm-hmm. as inputs, right? And then it makes me nervous. It makes me it makes me nervous because I'll go to these meetings and I'll sit down with farmers and producers and we'll sit and talk. And, and I feel as, as a general consensus, farmers are, 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 are they feel OK, that everything mm-hmm. is OK and everything's going to go higher and everything's going to be all right. When, when the farmer's feeling good, I, it tends to me I'm going, OK, what are we not looking at? Right. Right. And so when you've got inputs the way they are right now, corn prices, it's more favorable to be planting corn right now if you look at some of these prices. But where we're currently at, if we do start drifting lower, these inputs, we're going to run into that, into that break even very, very fast. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous that if we go ahead, and I'm just messing around with some balance sheets here for guys, sure. that if we went ahead and increased acreage by a million acres next year. Now, now I don't, we haven't put out our official thing. I don't really know, but I'm just, just to kind of throw some numbers at you and why I'm nervous. If we increase a million acres next year for corn, and we keep, and we've got to use a trend line yield right now because we just don't know what's going to happen. Trend line yields 182 next year. That's what the government's going to look at here as we get into March, April, and then we get into planting. Yep. Is that realistic? I'm not sure. But if we have to use that number, we could see our balance sheet go from a 1.2 billion carryout this year, 1.213, to close to a 1718 next year. Mm. Okay. 1.7, mm-hmm. 1.8 suggests below $4.20 in the corn. Yikes. You know, so it makes me nervous. The markets don't owe anybody anything. 
you know, and I'm nervous because the farmers and producers have money right now. They're okay. Everything is good, right? Land is, is it, you've got great value. You have got that there's, you've got your nest egg. Is that something that's going to be concerning when we have interest rates going up? Mm-hmm. We've got now, if, if market goes down and you got to now borrow money or you borrow money against your assets or the bank's going to give you the money, but they're going to lend it to you at a pretty high price. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just concerned. I think that looking forward as we go into the early part of next year, if we get this Santa Claus rally for the grains, and if we get that, it may be a good time for us to be looking at making some marketing decisions specifically for corn. Mm-hmm. Soybeans, you probably can hang out a little bit. What does South America do? Uh, do we start getting uh, drier biased in Brazil? We know how fast and what beans do when they really get going, right? And they don't have to make sense but they start going in a direction and they just go. And I think that as we get into January, February, beans are going to have to be looked at because that that needle can move very quickly. 220 million carryout can get down below that 200 very fast. Yeah. And if that's the case, well, then you know markets can move fast. But for corn, Davis, I'm more concerned about that right now going into next yeah. year because of what you just said on inputs. Mm-hmm. We need to be very careful. Be mindful and know where your break-evens are at. I think it's very, very important going into next year. And Steve, I don't want to put words into your mouth. It sounds like, especially on corn, specifically on corn, you're almost hinting toward a guy might be wise to get a little downside protection in place. Yes. You know, find a way to do it. You can do it with options. Um, You know, find find a way, but just understand where you're currently at. I think it's pretty easy right now as I talk to producers and they're, you know, comfortable. Have you made any sales for next year? No. Now, doing no marketing, doing nothing for the last last year really worked. I'm not sure it's going to do it again. So I just, I don't know if you want to run that risk. And so Davis, yeah, I am concerned. And I think having some protection in place or finding a way in order to protect your break-evens on that is not a bad way to do it. And so why not? Leave your upside open if you can. But I am nervous that these input costs are extremely high right now. And I, you know, I, I just don't want to see that hurt people here in the future. Well, and unfortunately, somebody brought it up earlier this week, too, and it's a great point. If we're talking, okay, fertilizer prices have plummeted, generally that comes with a lower price tag on corn as mm-hmm. well. That's so exactly be careful right. what you wish for. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. But if you look at it, right, and let's just, let's just take a, just a broad view, right? How many times have we seen corn above six bucks, especially this time mm-hmm. of year? How yep. many times have we seen corn above six bucks? Now, how many times have we seen beans above 14? Okay, so we've, we've seen beans at these levels quite a few times already. Right. This is nothing new. It's not really out no. of the normal. Right. But if we look at corn, how many times have we seen corn going through December into January where we've got new crop hovering around six bucks and, and yeah. we're still sitting above six dollars here for, for old crop? It's different. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is a pretty high level. And so you're absolutely right. If prices start to decline, yes, inputs are going to decline. But that year is what's going to hurt the most. Steve Georgie from Allendale, it's been an absolute treat to talk to you. Uh, I wish you and yours the merriest of Christmases, happiest of holidays, my brother. Thanks for being on AgriTalk today. Be well. You got it, guys. Hey, thank you, guys. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Thank you much. That was Steve Georgie from Allendale. We're going to uh, update you on fertilizers and uh, maybe tie up some loose ends next on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. I hope you're feeling all right. I really do. I got kind of a tooth thing going on here. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to be here this afternoon, but uh, I'll be all right. No, no. Oh, stop. Stop. Don't worry about me. I'll be just fine. I'll be just fine. Um, as, as you may have noticed, if you've been, uh, bearing with us this week, we've, uh, we've had a number of entries from the cast of tens here at the AgriTalk staff. And our correspondent, Zarek Haplinberg, last year went all the way to Bethlehem for the, for the, uh, to, to report directly on the scene that was outside that holy of cities. Uh, this year he sent us something a little bit different. Let me go ahead and roll that for you. "'Twas almost to Christmas, and all through the shed it felt very festive, with the barn painted red. The planter was stashed at the back of the barn, while exaggerated yields were the stuff of spent yarns. When out in the barnyard arose a kerfuffle, I turned on the light to see what was the deal. The neighbor's dog Rex was back in the hen house, so I let out a yelp at my spotted pajamas from the open porch door. "'Hey, get out of there, dog!' And he dashed away, dashed away, dashed away into the night." I'm Sarah Kaplanberg, wishing you all good news. Oh, that was nice, Sarah Kaplanberg, everybody. Wow, what a what a lovely Christmas recitation. I'm I, he must have written that one himself. That one that's a new one by me, but we're glad to have it. Um, the AgriTalk men of song, the AgriTalk theatrical players, all of the gang have really worked hard this year to to maybe give you half a chuckle if we can if we can get it. We appreciate it. Um, moving on. Moving on now. Merry Christmas, one and all. Happy holidays. We appreciate you here at AgriTalk. Fertilizer prices. USDA's out with fresh updates. Now they do uh, Iowa and Illinois, and then they've uh, then I average them together myself. Um, and I, I figure out a, a few other things, too. Of note, expected new crop revenue, I take that and compare it to one ton of anhydrous ammonia. Currently anhydrous at a $362.25 premium to one acre of expected new crop corn revenue. Uh, translation, that's kind of expensive, kind of expensive. Let's talk prices. Anhydrous in Iowa, according to USDA, as of this week, $1,467.50. Illinois, not much better, fourteen nineteen and fifty cents for a two-state average of fourteen forty-three fifty, according to USDA data. Now, that is down but just $22.22 on the week. That's an average at 1443.50 for Iowa and Illinois. 
P and K was slightly higher. DAP up twenty seven cents. Map up three dollars fifty nine cents. Potash up a dollar forty five. Currently, that Iowa Illinois average for DAP is at nine eighty five ninety. For Map, we're looking at nine seventy nine oh three. And for Vitamin K Gentle Potash, eight seventy five twenty two. UAN 28% was up $11.09 over the two-week period to 618.84, and 32% eerily quiet, really pretty quiet across this whole section of the nitrogen segment. No fresh bids on 32%, Both of those bids, both 28% and 32%, when indexed to the price of anhydrous ammonia, are underpriced. We haven't really talked about this math in a while, and if you're new to the show, this will be this may be new to you. But basically, what we do, we've developed a formula over a Pro Farmer um, from the good old days of the inputs monitor. We've developed a formula by which we can compare all fertilizers to one ton of anhydrous ammonia. We've done the math. We work it out. There's there are plus signs and little multiplication signs and parentheses and things. So, for example. DAP at 985.90, if it were priced the same as anhydrous, it would be at $1,222.51. That compares to, call it $1,450 anhydrous. DAP to me looks underpriced. MAP, potash, equally underpriced. UAN, 28% and 32%, also underpriced compared to the price of NH3. Now let's look over to urea. The retail average in Iowa and Illinois, just the flat Average rate, $842 per short ton. That also comes in indexed to anhydrous right around 1300 bucks. So you can see anhydrous holds a rather significant premium to the rest of the nitrogen segment and an even more significant premium to the P and K segment. What does that mean? Over the last few years, we've watched anhydrous, and it does look like anhydrous at least more recently has wanted to top at $1,600 per short ton, sitting at, call it roughly, $1,400.50 right now, $1,450. That $1,600 is within reach. Does it get there? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And if it does get there, does it stop there? The question is, with anhydrous at a premium to the entire rest of the fertilizer segment, maybe the case is that anhydrous is overpriced. Remember, anhydrous is a boutique product here, most popular in the United States. It's that natural gas price, though, that that really impacts the anhydrous price. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. But Steve Georgie was right. This stuff is expensive, and margins could get a little bit of a squeeze here. And if we do see lower fertilizer prices, especially nitrogen, chances are it's going to mean because corn has gone down. Now let's talk diesel for a little good news. The Santa Claus swoon does seem to be arriving in diesel. We see it every year. It's a great time to buy diesel between Christmas and New Year's, right th- right through the Christmas season. Diesel, according to USDA, down, hanging a three-handle in Iowa and Illinois. Iowa at an average of $3.49. Illinois at three sixty-nine, according to USDA, when considered together, down $0.63 cents over the last two weeks at a Midwest average of Three three fifty nine. There it is. Three fifty nine on your diesel. So, some encouragement on the fuels at least. Uh, LP is, is hanging right in there in the low one nineties. That's that seems about right for this time of year. A little high, but hey, 
everything's high as we talked with with Steve Georgie. Well, special thanks to everyone who joined me this week, especially Steve Georgie from Allendale this afternoon. Um, I'm your pal, Davis Michelson. Chip has been out this week, and I'm about to hang up the big green leafy microphone. It's Chip's problem now. He's going to be back first thing Monday morning. Uh, Joe, is it John Doggett he's got, along with Machinery Pete, of course, uh, to start off your Monday, and then coverage will resume as we narrow in on the Christmas season. Thank you so much for tuning in today and this week. For Big Apple Joe Stackler and myself, Davis Michelson, we appreciate you. We appreciate your time. I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll talk again next week on AgriTalk.